2 Kings chapter number 4, verses 1 through 7. 2 Kings 4, verses 1 through 7. If you found it, say amen. amen. Now there cried a certain woman of the, son, of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is so she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her sons, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more and the oil stayed. And she came and told the man of God and he said, go Sell the oil and pay thy debt and live thou and thy children of the rest. Such a familiar passage of scripture. But I feel like the Lord wants me to go to this passage today and preach a message titled, Save Your Family. Save your family. God, I pray, Lord, give me the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to confirm the word with signs following. Help us to receive your word with faith, O oh God. And help us to apply it to our lives. I pray, God, not for a sermon, but for a word from you. I pray, God, not for just a church service, but for a time of fellowshipping with the Holy Ghost. Have your way here, Lord. Have your way here, God. Speak to your people, Lord Jesus. Accomplish your purpose. And, Lord, I pray you do it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a good hand clap of praise. Lift your voice and shout to him as you're being seated today. Whether you are a family of one or a family of 15, we need to be saved. There is nothing more important than going to heaven and getting your family to heaven with you. Amen. In, our, in this day, that is a daunting task. We face many adversaries trying to destroy our souls. 
Our culture is designed to please the flesh and omit God. Satan has brought all his forces to bear with great wrath because he knows he has but a short time. The demons of hell and their unwitting human accomplices are fighting frantically to demolish our souls and to commit our eternal souls into the lake of fire. My brothers and sisters, we are in a war today. Freedom is at stake. Eternal freedom is at stake. I have come to this pulpit this morning to make a declaration of independence from hell today. I've come to proclaim like Moses of old in the Exodus, chapter number 10 and verse number 9, as he stood before Pharaoh, the Bible said, Moses said, we will go with our young and with our old, with our sons and with our daughters. I've come to stake my claim for my family today. Amen. Praise God. You don't have to help me preach, but it'll be better for all of us if you do. I have stepped forward today as the priest of my home to declare to hell that we will go with our young, with our old, with our sons, and with our daughters. We will go to heaven. I'm not planning on leaving my wife behind in this old world. I'm not planning on leaving my children behind in this world. We will go. Oh, I wish I had a mom or a dad or a grandparent that would make that declaration with me. We will go. I'm planning on being saved. I'm planning on going to heaven. I'm planning on my family going to heaven with me. We will go. I wish somebody would say it out loud. We will go. There will be times where it looks impossible, but we will go. There will be times where we'll have to fight desperately, but we will go. There will be times when it will feel hopeless, but we will go. There are adversaries, but we will go. There are many dangers, toils, and snares, but we will go. I never said it would be easy, but I said we're going to go. It will be with struggles and long prayer-filled nights, but we will go. I declare freedom for my family. Amen. Freedom from hell's manipulation. Freedom from hell's temptation. Freedom from hell's vices. Freedom from addiction. Freedom from perversion. Freedom from worldliness. Freedom from carnality. Freedom from the ways of this world and freedom from the desires of the flesh. That is my declaration of independence for my family. We will go with our sons and with our daughters. Brothers and sisters, this is war. In the book of Isaiah, chapter number 14 and verse number five, 9, I'm sorry, 14 and nine of Isaiah. It says, hell from beneath us is moved 
for thee to meet thee at thy coming. It stirreth up the dead for thee, even all the chief ones of the earth. It hath raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations. This verse in other versions says, Hell below is stirred up about you, ready to meet you when you arrive. Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. May I tell you that hell is stirred up about you. Hell is ready to meet you when you arrive. Hell wants you. Hell wants your marriage. Hell wants your home. Hell wants your children. Hell wants your soul. It is stirred up about you, ready to meet you when you arrive. But I've come to tell hell I ain't coming. I'm not coming and my family's not coming. My kids aren't coming. My wife's not coming. Hell may be stirred up, ready to meet me, but hell is going to have a bad day because I'm not planning on my family being lost. I'm telling you, it's war in this place today. Amen. You might have come for a holiday vacation today, but I've come to declare war on hell and the devil for my family. Hell is stirred up, ready to meet you when you arrive. Can I tell you that hell is looking forward to you knocking on its door and coming in there for eternity. Hell is looking forward to you being lost in a pit of hell forever. But you need to get something inside of you that stirs yourself up that you want to make the devil mad today. They can wait all they want to, but I'm not making my way to I'm going to do whatever I've got to do to be saved. It's stirred up about you, ready to meet you when you arrive. But brothers and sisters, just like Jesus told Simon Peter in Luke 22 and 31, the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. The wheat was separated from the chaff by blowing it, by throwing it up in the air and letting the wind blow the husk away while the grain drops. And Jesus told Simon, Satan desires to have you, to sift you like wheat. The enemy wants to throw your life up in the air and let the winds of adversity tear your family apart. Satan desires to have you. Satan wants you to be lost. Amen. Multiplied millions, even billions are marching in lockstep towards the fiery pit of hell today. Oh God, I've come to preach a little while. Amen. I'm telling you the millions are marching towards hell. You don't want to go to hell forever, my brothers and sisters. The Bible describes the horrors of the pit of hell. Matthew 3 and 12 says it is an unquenchable fire. Matthew 8 and 12 said there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Matthew 10, 28 said the body and soul will be destroyed. Matthew 13 says it's a furnace of fire with wailing and gnashing of teeth. Matthew 22 called it outer darkness. Matthew 25 called it an eternal fire. Mark 9 said it is a place where the worm dieth not and the fire 
is never quenched. Luke 16 called it a place of torment. Jude called it a place of blackness and darkness forever. Revelation 19 said it's a lake burning with fire and brimstone. Revelation 20 called it a bottomless pit where they are tormented day and night forever. Jesus said Satan desires to have you. I'm telling you the devil wants your soul. Amen. We don't act like we really believe it today. We don't act like we really believe there's a burning lake of fire called hell. But I'm telling you, it's real. It's burning right now. And Satan desires to have you. All of hell is waiting on your arrival. But Jesus told Simon, Satan desires to have you. But I have prayed for thee. You don't have to be lost. I was a teenager, me and my sister were very, very close. I could pull tricks on my sister, and she'd fall for it every time. One time, I decided to call from the place I worked. I worked at the public library, and I decided to call her from the public library because I knew she wouldn't recognize the number. It was pre-caller ID days. (laughs) Believe it or not, there was a pre-caller ID day. I called her, and I tried to describe my vo- dis- disguise my voice. And I told her that, that uh, she had entered her name in a drawing for a free trip to Hawaii. And that we drew her name. And that we needed a little bit of information. And so I got her address and her birthday. And I got her social security number, her height, her weight. Her fa- I don't know why she thought she had to give me her favorite color to go to Hawaii. I got all that inf- I got all, all everything I could think to ask, and she just she just gave it to me. And then by the time that it was over, I let her know that it was she was so excited. Man, you could I can't believe I never won anything. I can't believe I'm gonna go to Hawaii. And then I told her it was me. <laughs> Hell hath no fury. But man, you talk about when she thought she had won a trip to Hawaii, she was so excited. She was so thrilled. Amen. Praise the Lord. I've seen the videos of people when Publishers Clearinghouse knocks on their door and tells them they won. They go crazy. I've seen people that that when they win a prize, they get excited. But I just told this entire congregation... That you don't have to go to hell. And there's no prize greater than that. There's no lottery winning. There's no sweepstakes winning. There's no free trip anywhere. That's better than understanding I don't have to be lost. Doesn't matter what my past was like. Doesn't matter what my family's been like. Doesn't matter what I've been through. I don't have to be lost. I'm telling you the Lord has prayed for you. Oh, hallelujah. Your family doesn't have to be lost. You hear me, moms and dads? Your children don't have to be lost. You hear me, young people? Your parents don't have to be lost. 
You hear me? Your children do not have to go to hell. In the text that we read, there was an impoverished widow. By tragic circumstances, she was now a single parent trying to raise her two sons. Because of the loss of her husband, she was not able to manage the financial responsibilities that her husband had left behind. In those days, there was no bankruptcy. You paid what you owed or the creditor came and took whatever they could to satisfy the debt. In this widow's case, the creditor was en route to come and take her two sons to be bondmen, to be slaves as payment for the bill. This poor mother considered the plight of her children. She would be left alone without her sons. Her sons would be raised as slaves to the creditor. They would not have the benefit of a loving home. There would be no warm embraces. Mother wouldn't be there to wipe away tears, to bind wounds, and to offer love. These boys would be raised in the cruelty of servitude. Slaves to an uncaring master. Slaves to a malevolent ruler. They were destined to spend every day toiling in vain, gaining nothing for themselves. The mother was desperate. She needed a miracle to save her family. By nightfall, without the hand of God, by nightfall, she would be alone and her children would be in bonds. Almost all hope was lost. But there was still a sliver of hope for her and her children. Amen. And in this moment of desperation, we find the story. 2 Kings 4 and 1. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. Brothers and sisters, this was not a pretty little denominational prayer. Hallelujah. It wasn't some quiet, calm, orderly prayer. There cried a certain woman. The word cry in that use, it means to shriek. Have you ever heard somebody shriek in fear or in grief? Have you? Y'all awake over here? Boys, I'm going to issue you guys a curfew on Saturday nights if you can't worship on Sunday mornings. You're not going to stay out till 2 o'clock on Saturday night and sit dead in church on Sunday morning. Is that all right? If you drink my chocolate milk, I got the right to send you to bed. We went through eight gallons of chocolate milk one week. I don't drink milk. It's the bodily fluid of a cow. The Bible said that she cried. 
Now there cried. It means to shriek, to cry out, to call, to cry for help, to make an outcry, to clamor, to cry aloud in grief. She didn't just come and say, dear prophet of God, my husband is dead. And you know, he did fear the Lord. And now the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be bondmen. No, no, no. It was a shriek to cry out, to clamor, to make an outcry. My, my servant, my husband is dead. And the creditors come. Take my babies. You gotta help me. There was a desperation. I'm looking for some moms and dads that will take their religion beyond just showing up and take it to the level of a crime. You're in a war, mama. You're in a war, daddy. Grandma, you're in a war. Grandpa, you're in a war. We're in a battle. There's gotta come a cry from a parent. Hell's coming after our children. Hell's coming after our children. Hell's coming after our children. Hell wants these young people. Hell wants your boys and girls. Hell wants your babies. I don't believe our prayer rooms and our altar services ought to be calm, tame, and quiet. I think there ought to be a cry from down in the soul of a church that says, I need you, God. I need you to help my family. The time for pretty prayers is over. The time for calm church is over. The time for laid back prayers is over. It's time to cry like a mom and dad in a war. Hell's knocking at the door. The creditor is knocking at the door. The creditor's trying to get in to get in your children. Now there cried a certain woman. She cried because she knew the creditor was coming. She cried because she knew the creditor is coming. When I look at how sometimes we pray and worship and approach God, I'm convinced that some of us don't really believe that hell is coming after our families. You don't really believe that Satan wants your boys and girls and your grandchildren. But I'm telling you, the creditor is on its way. The creditor has come to take our children to be bondmen. And there's got to be the cry of a mother. Pornography's coming after these boys and girls. Lust is coming after these kids. Addiction's coming after these children. Hell is coming. The creditor's on its way. Mama's got to cry.
Bible, in Bible typology, the church is the mother. The church is the one that nourishes, that cares for, and tends to God's children. As a church, we need to learn how to cry because the creditor wants our children. The creditor wants our new converts. The creditor wants our families. Amen. I can't seem to get you to buy it right now. Because I remember in the old days when we talked about our families going to hell, we'd almost run to an altar. But I can't get you to quit checking Facebook on your phone long enough to say amen, some of you. God, the devil wants your babies. The devil's coming. The creditor wants your children. God, help us. God, help us. They're crying a certain woman. She got to the point where she said, God, if you don't help, let me tell you, if God doesn't move, this world's going to swallow up our churches. If God doesn't move, this culture's going to swallow up our families. Our baby is going to be raised up in schools that promote all kinds of perversion and sin. But they won't let him talk about God. If we don't get stirred up, something they're going to take our babies. stirred up the longer I preach. I hope if I get out of line, you got the right, and I give you the right to, to, to say, calm down, pastor. I'm going to tell you, I've watched some preachers over the years in churches that used to be good, strong, apostolic churches. Can I preach a bit to you? And when their kids went backslid and went worldly and carnal and threw holiness away and embraced the world. I watched some of these same preachers, instead of correcting their kids and saying, we don't do that, they followed their children into the world. Let me tell you, you don't let your kids backslide, and if they do, don't accept it. You got to get stirred up. The creditor's trying to take your children. The creditor's trying to take your church. The creditor's trying to take your family. They're crying. God, teach us how to cry again. Jonah wouldn't cry for Nineveh on his own. So the Bible said God prepared a great fish. And the Bible said from the belly of the fish he cried. And from the belly of hell he lifted up his voice. Oh God, don't sin. Don't make me have to have a whale come and swallow my life up. Don't let me have such a crisis have to come to my life that I finally learned from the belly of hell to cry. God, help me to cry today. While my kids are on the pew with me, help me to cry today. While my wife's in the church with me, help me to cry because the creditor is knocking on the door. Sister Carson I, is, is in the hospital. I didn't know that they were keeping her until until this morning. I was gonna I was gonna use them 
as a story because back a few years ago, it's been three or four years ago at General Conference, Brother Carpenter preached a message about reaching for our, our lost children. And he had a, he had a, a every district had, a, had a, a glass jar and he had names just like we got up here, very similar to this. And, and, and David, their youngest son, had been away from God in, in, in addiction and, and just in trouble. And for years, he and I were friends when we were teenagers. And, and as we grew, I, I stayed in the church and he went way out. And, he, and I'm not telling you anything that he wouldn't step in this, in, in this room right now and tell you himself. He went way out. He lived under a bridge in Pensacola for a while. A child of a man of God that was raised to love God has no place living under a bridge. That's, that's, that's not a place a child of God ought to be. But when you walk away from God, you decide where the go, you, you decide where the slide starts, but you don't get to decide where it stops. You can decide the day you leave the church, but you don't get to decide what happens after that day. And she, at the end of that service, Sister Carson came up to me and, and she grabbed my arm and she said, she said, John, please help me pray for David. I feel a burden for David. Please help me pray. And so I got my phone out and at nine o'clock every morning, I got an alert. Nine o'clock every morning, I get an alert and I put David's name on my nine o'clock prayer list. There's a few other names on here now. But, uh, but, but, but he, I, I put his name on my 9 o'clock. And so 9 o'clock every morning, my, 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 my phone would give me an alert. Pray for David Carson. Pray for David Carson. And I know it wasn't just me. She had people all over the country praying for David Carson. But about three months later, she called me. And she said, Brother V, guess what happened? David prayed through today. And he still in church today he carries the scars of a life wasted in the world but thank God because a mother said you gotta help me pray you gotta help me pray oh God I'm looking for our prayers to go to another level this church cannot abide with the devil taking our baby on Mother's Day. I don't even know if I preached on Mother's Day. But, I, but God help us. God help us. There's something that happens. Devin, you're in the church. Peyton, you're in the church. Eli and Sergio, you're in the church. Jaimito, you're in the church. These boys have families that aren't here. Their mom's in the church, but their dad's not. His dad's in the church, but his mother and sisters are not. His family's not in the church. His family's not in the church. But because you're in the church, you have the right to pray like a mother. 
a spiritual mother. Because when the church prays, but not, but not a calm prayer, not an easygoing prayer. She didn't come with the rest with the nicely wrapped denominational prayer. She came with the cry, my babies, you gotta help. When we get possessed by that kind of prayer is when our prodigals come home. think about your cry or are you more concerned with the answer the prophet couldn't ignore it up to cry. Stir us up to cry, God. Stir us up to cry. Now their cry. A certain We don't know her name, but we know her cry. We don't know her title, but we know how she prayed. Your prayers become more important than your person, than your name.
on, are there any warriors in the house? Hallelujah, are there any warriors in the house? front to back, left to right, there ought to be voices lifted up. You don't have to be in the altar to lift your voice. Mama needs to pray. Mama needs to cry. The men and women and young people of this church need to cry. right now. It's Holy Ghost time. It's Holy Ghost time. It's time for the Spirit of the Lord to move here right now. It's time for somebody to be baptized in Jesus' name. Quit putting it off. We're praying for you. We're believing it's your moment. It's your hour.
Amen. Why don't you reach over and pray with somebody close to you? Let's let the Holy Ghost move here. If two, any two agree together, help somebody pray. Help somebody pray. Mom and dad agree together for your children. Agree together for your grandchildren. Bring them to God and say, I can't let the creditor have them. I can't let the creditor have them. turn the whole sanctuary into a prayer room if you've got the blessing of your children being in service with you why don't you look across the way and find somebody and say I'm going to help pray for them right now let the mother's cry stir the spirit of the Lord to move let the church's prayer stir God into action today Uh, let the oil flow in our homes. 